All right. That ought to get you going. Miles Davis on trumpet and John Coltrane on tenor sax, leading off on Straight No Chaser, a classic born in 1958. Julian Cannonball Adderley is on alto sax, Red Garland on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Philly Joe Jones on drums. This tune was written by the great Thelonious Monk and is from Davis's acclaimed album, Milestones. This is Lead Stories. I'm Eutrice Lead, and good to be with you again. That's wonderful to hook up with you. Uh, today I want to talk about your powers of perception. And uh, I'm going to use as our reference point news conferences that were held yesterday at City Hall, uh, really not City Hall, but at the New York Police uh, Headquarters, um, but involving a lot of people from City Hall, but mostly New York Police uh, yesterday. And whether you picked up on a bunch of things that happened there that to my mind, at least, they should not have happened. Uh, 888-874-4888. As you, maybe you, you watched portions of the news conference, even so, you would have picked up some hints about what is going on. And it might have troubled you, it troubled me, and let's see what your powers of perception said. 888-874-4888. Let's get started. We have not a minute to spare today. What did you see as you watched the unfolding of these news conferences? What were you looking at in your own mind? What was going on? As you know, the conference uh, was held to bring the public up to snuff on the capture, and the arrest of the suspect in the attack on the train in New York City, Frank James. And a number of press conferences, news conferences, were held to let the public know. What was the most glaring thing about that process yesterday? Why did it happen? 888-874-4888. Let's move. Let's move. We've got to move. This is a New York style program. you got to move. <laughs> and move fast. You can't dilly-dally. Uh, to my mind, um, it raises a question, or it raised a question that I think is overdue, not just in New York City, but around the country. And uh, 
it troubles me that it continues to happen. And did you notice it? Did, you know, did were you were you in any way appalled? Did something happen? Was something particularly jarring about this news conference yesterday at uh, police headquarters uh, giving further information about the capture of Frank James? Let's go. If we don't get some calls right away, I'm moving on. Um there's something happening, and it has to do with maybe the fact that we just saw the, uh, the, the what do you call that uh, show where in Hollywood you get the Academy Awards. Okay. It was like the Academy Awards show. But there was a particularly offensive tone to a couple of things that happened as they, uh, the, 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 the elected officials um, proceeded with their program of, quote, informing the public, unquote. What did you make of it? Why am I so upset or troubled by it, do you think? <laughs> well, that's my job. My job is to be troubled by things. Uh, I just want to remind you that I lived in New York City for a long, long time. So I've seen many rounds of these kinds of conferences, and uh, they remain exactly the same, serving the same purpose. And it's about time I contend that these kinds of things come to an end. They stop. Some people say, well, gee, they're trying to inform the public. Are they? Is that what they're doing? Come on. What is your reaction? 888-874-4888. What went wrong, according to me? What do you think is upsetting to me? All right, I'm moving, moving along. Y'all are just, oh, I see somebody coming in. But just too slow. We got to get something moving. Noel from Brooklyn, you're on the air. Yes, good afternoon, Yatrice. Uh, what, what, and this is not exactly my original thought. There was a guy, uh, if I may explain to the people around the country, we have a a uh, news organization, a local news organization, which is in the five counties of New York called New York One. And Gerson Barrero was on there yesterday. And um, I believe it was Eric Adams who said, we got him. Well, mm-hmm. first, of all, uh, first of all, number one, he hasn't had his day in court, as you always say and correctly say, we allegedly got the person. Because we don't know. The man hasn't had his day in court yet. So it's almost like Eric Adams was like uh, the slave catcher, and we, we, got the, we got that end for you. 
That's the way I took it. Eric Adams is, 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 is a disgusting individual. I've never met him and wouldn't want to meet him. Um, I, 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 you know, I, so anyway, I, I, that's the answer that I, I wanted to give. And that was his announcement to the public. Correct. That the, the, the alleged perpetrator um, who engaged in this terrible activity, uh, alleged terrible activity, we got him. He said that. Right. Yes. Right. He said it in a, with a victorious. Uh, right. Right. You, Teresa, it almost reminds me when George Bush was on that uh, naval carrier. I remember we said he, we got him. Remember that? No, I really don't. Yeah, yeah. He was dressed in, uh, maybe somebody in the audience will remember. I think it was, I can't remember who they was, uh, uh, who was who he trying to get? Uh, not Saddam, Saddam Hussein. And I think he was on the naval carrier. Oh. Huh? Yes, yes, yes. Now I recall. Yes. Yes. You're right. Yeah, it's 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 the same rhetoric. I mean, it's like they read from the same script. You know, I believe even though you didn't ask, I believe Eric Adams will be a one-term mayor. Thank you very much for taking my call. Thank you. Thank you, Noel, for calling in. Wade from Brooklyn. What did you read in the news conferences? the separate news conferences, which you might have seen, or at least one of them, yesterday. Oh, good afternoon, Nutrition, to the family. Good afternoon. To me, this comes on the WS. You have to talk directly into your phone. We can't hear you. Can you hear me any better now? A little better, but you still sound muffled. Still around. Okay, no, now you're sounding now, clearer. Like I said, this comes under double S. Is this any better? Yes, much better. Okay. Now, the double S is false flags. The president made his speech in his address about these ghost guns and these other stuff that happening and the new legislature, the new laws that they need to get and this sort of stuff to go after people. And this come and happen. This gentleman leaves, um, as we say, Philadelphia, come to New York with all his plans. And I mean, somebody that planned this out and stuff like he did, gas masks, the works, to leave everything there and run, including the, the, the truck he'd come, he brought everything down with, to me, something ain't right with that. Something mightn't be right. Yes, but deal, deal, right. deal with the, the loose conference. That's the yeah. particular interest we have right now. What what about the news conference? Could be saying that we need this. Like putting out a plea. The next day the act will take place and everybody jump on the ball. Remember this? The mayor claimed to be the president's favorite boy. So... Yes, they're in the same script and stuff like that. This reminds me of the, remember the thing with the shoe bomber? The guy was trying to make a, a point just now, and I agree with him. But the thing with the shoe bomber, the first attempt that failed, next thing they pass all these laws that you have to take your shoes off, you have to uh, almost trip in the airport to go through for something that actually didn't happen. Now, 
every time they need one of these scenarios. But, but the I, I want you to stay on point, though, because we, we drifting off point, and it yes, takes yes, time away from what we wanted to discuss. Uh, so what struck you about the news conferences that were held yesterday? Coming from different directions, different states, different point of views, they all seem to be saying the same thing. They all are saying the same thing. All right. To me, we'll leave it there for the moment. Thank you so much for yes. calling in and contributing today. Okay. Thank you. 888-874-4888. Come on. If you watched any portion, you didn't have to watch the entire thing. If you watched any portion of the news conferences held yesterday about this alleged shooter, and we got him, says the mayor, uh, what was in your mind particularly disturbing about these conferences? Anything that struck you yesterday? <laughs> okay. The sound of silence. Mohammed, you're on the air. Uh, good afternoon, Eugene. Good afternoon. Can you hear me? Okay, yes, hope all is well. This is my impression. Once that they were supposed to have apprehended Mr. James, the one who was accused, before he was apprehended, I think a lot of people were terrified and a lot of people were scared to go on the trains and a lot of people was driving the car, so that increased the um, traffic and all, and then it cut down on some of the money that the MTA would get. So them going on the air announcing that was to take some of the fear and the terror out of some of the people that lived in that area that wanted to catch the train. And that was to try to reassure them that they were safe. Okay, but that's not it. <laughs> okay, thank you very much for having me here. Thank you. 888 It was glaring, absolutely glaring. And uh, we take a couple more calls as they come in, and then I will tell you what I saw. 888 what was there about these conferences that were held? The mayor was speaking, then the police commissioner was speaking, and other individuals who headed up agencies and so forth spoke. They came to the microphone and spoke. And uh, what was that all about, you think? Some may say, well, there was a time when nobody would speak. But now we have a more open government, we have a more accessible government, and the, the government officials are doing their very best to inform the public. And that's pretty much what those conferences meant yesterday, that people were being informed by various officials. But... Is that what happened? 888-874-4888. I'm going to be moving on very shortly. You see, 
things happen in a way uh, they choreographed. The individuals who spoke yesterday as, you know, prominent civil servants, prominent people in government, essentially inherited a system, the system of having news conferences and so forth. But it has reached a, a level that we have to start asking questions. Should they stop? Should they be canceled? You know, uh, what is the point? The, the one thing that came across more than anything else was that the officials who spoke clearly gave the ind indication that they were interested in holding on to office. They'll be running for office again. So the news conference wasn't so much about informing the public. The news conference was all about making you see their faces, you get to know them, what they look like, and you get to appreciate how hard they worked, except they weren't out there chasing this, this man. They were in their air-conditioned offices. And once it ended, quote, successfully, unquote, they captured the suspect. Um, then it was like the, 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 the big, the big ceremonies to be made to sing their own songs, to toot their own horns. And that struck me, I, you can't avoid it. You just couldn't avoid it. It was there in front of you, smacking you in the face. Look at us, remember us, we're talking to you, we're reporting not only that we have done our job and done it well, but you'll be hearing from us again, you know, because we'll be running for office again. We'll be running for some kind of office, and this will be a centerpiece of our big appeal to the public. We were the ones who went after this man and got him, as the mayor said. We got him. No, the, we didn't get him. You were nowhere near where he was. He, this is the, the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. The suspect himself made the call and related where he was. In other words, come and get me. This is where I am right now. He made the call. So the police didn't get him. He told them where he was located at the moment he made the call. Oh, all the time we're hearing this business about me, we got him and the, 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 the hard work that went into getting him. No, he, he called. He was the one who made the call himself and said, here's where I am in the East Village. 
Come and get me, please. King from the Virgin Islands, you're on the air. Hey, greetings. Greetings. Yes. Um, I, I didn't actually see the uh, uh, the conference or whatever the, uh, but I know that as a person familiar with New York, um, there's a lot of surveillance going on, and there's a lot of uh, like military. Uh, it's almost like a military uh, operation going on there. You know, not there alone, but the statewide. You know, the police state type of thing. Okay. And so that was and my how, attitude. And how do you relate that to what we're discussing? I relate that to what we're discussing as um, control of the population. Um, and what it relates to is somehow this guy did this, you know, dastardly act the day before, and then the next day they supposedly caught him as, like you said, that he kind of turned himself in. Um, but, you know, it's like a draconian state that's going on in New York. Okay. And um, that's just my my take on it. It's right. more I'll military, more than like that. a people state, like it used to be. It's more like a aggressive military state now. Well, thank you for contributing today. 888-874-4888. Your powers of perception are being called out today. What did you observe? What was that that we saw yesterday? A succession of conferences, each portion uh, basically presenting a particular person. We had the the uh, the head of the police department. You had. Of course, the mayor speaking, and you had other people coming forward to present themselves. In the background, what did you see? It, it was literally like the Academy Awards. A whole bunch of people assembled on stage behind whoever the main speaker was. In other words, to, to reinforce the view that... They were speaking for the institutions that they worked for. I don't know that that was necessary. You have something to say, come to the microphone, get out your little piece of paper or your little notebook and say what you have to say and then go. But there was a particular reason they did it that way. Jeremiah from Harlem, what do you think that reason is? Or was? I'm sorry, I didn't catch the exact question. There was a reason for this, the, the Academy Awards kind of thing going on yesterday, where these people who head up divisions or head up uh, institutions within the city uh, came to the microphone and they made their statements. They read their statements. And they were flanked by people we didn't know. We weren't introduced to them. We don't know why they were standing there. What was the mm. purpose of it except to indicate that, yeah, we, we were her. 
<laughs> right. Or right. The other well, one. I have to confess. She's with us. <laughs> I have to confess, like the previous caller, I didn't see the press conference because at this point, I just have, I think, just no patience for or tolerance for commercial news, and I really don't enjoy listening to Eric Adams speak. So almost as soon as I hear his voice, I would change the channel. And, you know, I'm sure they use this dramatic event to grandstand in one form or another. You know, these are all sort of uh, political opportunities um, to the the figureheads. But one thing that I heard is that this individual is basically homeless and living out of a van. And I find that to be symbolic of the American situation. How many more individuals who can't pay rent don't have a stable housing situation, but do happen to own a gun. Um, how many of those people are out there who are, you know, on the verge of cracking and losing their minds um, in a similar manner? And the other thing that comes to mind is in regard to the surveillance state, the, uh, the military, you know, police apparatus that's been building up for a long time here, and that is a particular sort of jurisdiction, which is New York. They call it the NYPD Ring of Steel. And, you know, the New York City police are almost like a political entity, unlike a normal police department, yet they're so clumsy in their general operation. I mean, when I heard that this man was at large, I had the image of someone who's a little bit more... Um, you know, probably agile and fleet-footed than the man who was, you know, a 62-year-old heavy-set man. And I just wonder, how, how did he get so far? How did he just literally run out of the station? And, you know, I, I've witnessed for years as a New Yorker, among all the various criticisms of the New York City Police Department, and I could do a whole, you know, series on that, one thing that I've noticed for years is they don't physically disperse themselves in a sensible way. They all, they sit in a cluster. I mean, literally you can go, I'm about to go pick up my son and I'm going to get on the, you know, on the train to do so. And I'm going to go and see a bunch of cops standing in a little cluster, all looking at their cell phones. I mean, literally someone could be assaulted on the platform and they're just standing in a group in sort of a remote area, unable to help anyone. They're just not readily um, able to, to intervene which is why it is so unlikely that a police officer stops a crime in progress. I mean, it's one of the most rare things. I mean, you have a better chance of getting struck by lightning like or winning said, the lottery. Uh, this is what people need to know. They need That is the information they need to know. Here's a guy who, I don't want to say obviously, but who has fallen through the cracks. And may have serious uh, disabilities that he's trying to cope with. And, you know, when a mayor says, we got him, like he was, you know, your basic standard issue criminal, uh, it did not help. And it, it kind of spoke to the the lack of sympathy or, or the lack of respect that they should have even for people they arrest. This man actually called himself in. So he and who knows how long he would have been at large if he didn't do that. 
<laughs> this is the point. And then they use the the news conference to tout themselves and what a great job they were doing and what a great job they had done, despite the fact that there are factors out there that people would should say, well, wait a minute, you didn't get him. He called you. He called in and said, this is where I am. Come, come and get me. Hinting that there is some something that needs to be probed further. He might be a troubled person. So uh, this whole idea that all of the police department and all of the detectives and all of the transit authority police uh, basically fanned out and scoured every inch of the city looking for him. That was not true at all. Not true at all. Thanks, Jeremiah, for calling in. Go get your kids. <laughs> Kurt from New York, you're on the air. Hello, Kurt. Okay. Positive, you are on the air. Good afternoon, Tracy. Um, Good afternoon. Uh, I'm calling you because I had the same observation that I believe you had in regards to how the you need said, to uh, speak. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You need to speak into your phone. We're losing well, I, you. I'm closer to the phone, but I actually am. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Like I was saying, uh, to anyway, that what I said initially, I had the same observation that you had, and that is that when the mayor first said that we got him, and here the previous report saying that he had turned himself in. And I'm like, where's the we? I mean, he turned himself in. And these other agencies that, that came on before the uh, mayor came, because I guess they, some, they had a problem with his audio, so they was, you know, touting their you know, allegiance to on how they, you know, problems to on how they did this, that, and the other, in regards to how they used their technology, you know, in, in regards to the, uh, I think it was a police chief, saying how she got him, and she did this, and we zeroed down to some eight-something eight she did. I can't even call exact words she used. But at the same time, he called in, and I'm like, how could you come out like this with this ego when he, he said they said he turned himself in? And then they later screened to a supposedly uh, witness that said he had saw him and identified him and said, that's the guy, and so on and so forth. So in this... Something stinks to me about the whole situation. It just, it's, it's like some conspiratory about it. I, you know, I, I know you don't like to go into that, but it just doesn't make any sense. It reminds me of, uh, because initially they were saying the worst, uh, I think they said uh, train, that train, they didn't say train, but they said, what do they call that again? You guys are on the, now they've been on the train. The race incident that's on the, been on the train since, in a while or something like that, it reminded me of the other one that took place. That took place in Long Island with the uh, the other uh, black men. I think yes. the man's name. It reminded me yes. of that. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, it just it doesn't make any sense. A lot of it doesn't make any sense. And then on top of that, how it, when it took place, how the guy who said uh, James, whatever his name is, last I can't think of his last name. How he left the keys to the U-Haul. You know, everything 
was just it was pretty laid out. I mean, I don't I didn't see any type of real hard due diligence. No detective work. No, no, no police work. No hard work. Um, yeah, he called exactly. He left his credit card so that he could be tracked down. He made the yeah. call and said, "This is where I am. Come and get me, yeah. please." Indicating to me that he was, he recognized he was in some mental difficulty. He was having mental problems. And he wanted to be rescued before it got even worse. That's what it was. Exactly. These people, these folks who had this uh, news conference, for them it was a godsend. They got to stand up by themselves in front of a microphone and basically, you know, praise themselves in public about the hard work they did. And uh, they had a bunch of people standing behind them. I don't know what for. They were not introduced. But the idea was to extol their virtues because it suddenly dawned on them, or maybe not suddenly, but it dawned on them, this is a good time to make myself known for the good work that I've done, and hopefully people remember come voting time for when I run for such and such an office. It was you know, just pathetic. You know what, you know what, Latrice, you know, just how we come to the same conclusions, and, and it, don't take a, uh, it don't take too much intelligence to come to the conclusions with any type of, with any type of uh, use of a deductive reasoning. You think that the media doesn't know this too? It's funny how they run away with, the, with these narratives you know, you know, without even questioning this, they just run away with it to like further brainwash the public and to see it in one particular way, so that the ball continue, continue can continue to roll in one way they want it to be rolled. You know? Yes. Wow. In my notes, in my notes, I made the observation that nobody. All in the all this media coverage that they had, and media swarming all over the place, nobody had any specific information. Um, nobody got exclusives. Nobody had a privileged interview. So they were content simply to hang around and create the the buzz around city hall and around police plaza. The right. last I, thing they were interested in is, uh, what is the story here? I concur. I concur. I concur. Just want to let you know that sometimes, sometimes we don't, we don't, sometimes we don't, uh, we don't call in like myself. We don't call in, but we're listening. Okay, we're listening. I, I, I hear you. Thank you so much. Thank you Thank for you. calling in today. Gwen from New York, you're on the air. How did that news conference strike you yesterday? Well, one of the things that I heard somebody say after all this was that, I mean, they had a whole show on what to do. And it's always the same thing in what to do. Uh, We need more money for this problem. Uh, We need more mental health uh, facilities. And, uh, And, you know, it just always comes to the same place at the end. The only solution 
that any of these people have to offer is to throw more barrels of money at things. And it doesn't work. And it hasn't worked. And I think that the, uh, the root cause here is homelessness. And that comes back to the real estate industry. While we have uh, BlackRock um, tightening up their, you know, their, their inventory that they own so, so many rentals throughout the United States now as we move into um, a United States where most people are renting now, they're not owning. And so this man was just a symptom of the problem, in my opinion. And I agree with you. It is really self-serving to hear. Well, first of all, I thought it was crazy when I heard that. And at first, I didn't even believe it was real because when I heard he left the truck there, oh, and then there was that credit card that had me laying around, I thought, this isn't real. This is like a false flag thing because, like, why wouldn't you leave his credit card there and why wouldn't you leave the truck in, in front of this place? And also I, what I thought was really weird was, you know, I thought it was very um, – I wondered if the camera had been uh, tampered with at the subway station so that it wouldn't catch any images of him. Um, so – you know, what I think after hearing about uh, some of his story, and he said he had been through this mental health system, and he said it was more punitive, more painful than anything. And, and, and the mental health system, I think, came after the bout of being homeless. And, you know, they started to honestly talk about this a little bit on another radio station the other day and just how hard it is to get into shelters and that um, people have to have a, a documentation of where they live for the last five years, you know, so it makes it really, really hard. And it, if there's just one little thing that's off, I mean, there was, somebody said there was an application that, you know, instead of an apartment, they put the number sign. Well, that tossed the application. So I think there, I think that this man is representative of, a myriad of other serious problems where we have no answers whatsoever. And I have to say that I think the mayor's response was very cold. And I think it was, um, I think it was very unthoughtful. Uh, I don't think that any of these old solutions work. And, and I'm not going to tell you that I have the solution. I don't because, you know, when, when in the 1970s, we had to close down a whole bunch of places here in New York uh, because they were all modeled after Willowbrook. They were all, many, many of them were terrible. So people they felt would be better off on their own than being locked in these, these uh, insane asylums, which were very, very scary places. But um, I think a lot of the insanity happens as a result of living in a society where, you know, there, you, you, are, you are one paycheck away from losing your home. And um, people are always wondering and, and worried about losing their job and losing their home. Um, so I don't know what the answer is, but I, I will tell you, um, I'm not a fan of throwing money at problems. I would much rather see something that's more comprehensive than saying, let's just throw a bunch of money into the system again for a system well, that point, does not point address is well taken. Your point is well taken. Let me just say this. Anybody who is a professional, as they claim they are, right? would know what they're looking at. You're looking at somebody who has a, a, a psychotic break with suddenly the pressures built up and he couldn't control them. But look at what he did. 
Look at the signals he sent. Yes, he fired shots and so forth in the, in the cars. He didn't kill anybody. He didn't want to kill anybody. Right. He wanted to be noticed. He wanted to cause alarm. Right. He didn't kill anybody. He didn't uh, create a situation where, you know, people were in fear of their lives. He didn't do that. He called them to let them know where he was. This is, these are not the actions of a, a, a person who is intending to do harm. And the police should know that because that's their milieu. They deal with people who have had a break with reality quite frequently. So that is what you were looking at if these uh, police officers were so experienced. They should know they weren't looking at a murderer. It is quite possible that they were looking at a, a man who had reached the end of his rope and just wanted a response that dealt with the fact that he, he didn't know what else to do. He left his credit card. In other words, this is where you, or how you could find me. <laughs> that was pretty unbelievable. Called in on the phone. This is where I am. Come right now. I'm standing here right now. You can come and get me. And why couldn't the police find them? I mean, you know, I, 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 I just was, it was unbelievable to me that they couldn't find this guy given all of, of every 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 move we make in this country is videotaped. And, and, and oh, I just, my I, God. It's unbelievable. The man is unbelievable. giving you permission to come and pick him up, please. <laughs> well, please, I, I, think please they, I think they sort of feel like the Keystone cops at this point. But I have to yeah. say, too, that, you know, it's going to be hard for this man because even if he was, even if he was having a break, he, they're going to come back and say to him, well, wait a minute, this was very well planned. You know, you had explosives, you had dressed in some kind of a, I don't, I don't know whether that was a disguise or that was actually a work uniform that he had on, but, you know, he was dressed as, uh, you know, he looked like he was working for the MTA, so people said. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be really, it's going to be a really hard case for him because, you know, uh, the, 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 this, the de definition of sanity in the court is whether or not you knew right from wrong. And so, you know, he was able to plan this, and, it, and I'm sure, I do want to say, too, I'm sure it was terrifying to be on that subway car. I mean, that is not a place I would have wanted to been. Oh, and, I mean, course, and, there, and somebody could anybody. have gotten killed. He made a lot of noise, and he got a, a lot of people scared. That He wanted attention. I so, agree with you. 100%. You, 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 but there were 10 people that got heard, shot. You were 10 heard people to get, uh, 10 people the did, Long Island Railroad guy. Right. You know, he came to see me personally. And I wasn't expecting him or anything like that. He was very well-dressed, very nice, but instantly you could tell this guy was wound up as tight as tight could be. He was just a centimeter away from just exploding 
into some kind of a violent rage. I got that. And I was able, in the course of our conversation, uh, he kind of started to calm down. But I knew instinctively he was in deep trouble. I'm not equipped to deal with that level of psychosis. But I was hoping that he would go and see someone. I don't know if he did. But he killed quite a few people on that train. And you can tell mental illness is a lot more prevalent than people think. I read this man yesterday, uh, Frank James, as a guy having in his life at that time a major break with reality. And he was losing his ability to cope. But look at the fact that he did not harm anybody. He frightened a bunch of people with the noise and the bangs and the bullets and so forth. But he did not kill anybody. He wanted to be captured, quote-unquote, so that he could get the help he knew he needed. And it has yet to be raised as an issue by the very people who were happy to boast they got him. They don't know what they got. Well, it was addressed this morning by Adams. I mean, he, he did address it. And he was very un, unsympathetic or empathetic. He, he said, look, there's a lot of people who feel like this. And uh, if you think that you're going to get any special treatment because, you know, you, you, were, you were having some kind of mental break or some kind of, you know, uh, issue, he said, uh, it's, uh, that's not accepted here. So um, that's, have, that's I have news thought. for Mr. I have news for Eric Adams, who I know personally. You just look within your own police department and you'll find out how many cops are on the wire right now. Oh, yeah, and I agree. A hundred percent. Just just ask the cops themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I did, I did a ride along with uh, the cops up here uh, and it was unbelievable. Uh, really. I, 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 I wrote this, I wrote a whole thing about this uh, for, for college uh, about what I saw. And, you know, I tell you something, as much as people hate the cops, you've got to, you also got to walk a mile in their shoes too. Because if you saw the things during the day that they say, then, you know, what I saw when we got back to the station, as soon as we got in the car, it was the Marlboro cigarettes, and then the, uh, and then we were playing heavy-duty music, and then we started to, you know, see the things that we were going to see. By the time we got back to the station, the one cop had gone down, and I, he, he fell asleep on his arms, and he fell so hard that he had, like, all these indentations in his face, and then started eating. And so I could see the eating disorder, and I could see the, the, the smoking. I mean, there's all kinds of things that people do to try to cope with that stress and then and then they do break and they do overreact and and so it is you know it is look there's a lot of police violence truly true but there's also another rate of suicide among cops 
just look at that. Look at the rate of divorce. Look at the rate of absolutely. Uh, violence in their households. Absolutely. There's, you know, wives of cops uh, really get it bad. But, you know, I mean, this was part of the program I put together, you know, on my platform. I said that I said all police should have mandatory counseling. No, no, no way that you can not have it. Everybody has to have it once a week. Why? Because you don't have a place to put that stuff. And if you don't make it mandatory, then all of a sudden the egos get involved and say, I'm not going to do this because it's for crazy people. But you know what? Yeah. Everyone needs a place to deposit that stuff. Everyone. So... And I also don't think that in our society you're going to find a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people, I think once you get very depressed like that or you're, you're in that quandary, I think a lot of people don't, wouldn't even know where to go to, to find out what we uh, avail ourselves of in the city. I, I don't even, who knows what the programs are. We can call 311. That's like mental masturbation. Forget about that. There's nobody coming to that phone to help you. It's very, very hard to, to get help if you need the help. So, you know, but, but I still think we, we need to ask ourselves about the pressure that this society creates upon people with, you know, hitting that, hitting that mark of that very high rent every single month, you know, and, and trying to, trying to, you know, swim against the tide when there's no jobs and this stupid COVID thing and you can't trust the government. There's so much stuff. I think that, I think the whole city is on edge. This man, in my view, and I'm not a professional psychologist or psychiatrist or psychoanalyst, but I have an idea that he was experiencing a break from whatever he felt was his normal life. He was in that position. And it, nobody could spot it. So he lashed out in outrageous ways simply to get attention. And then he didn't kill anybody, didn't hurt anybody, I mean, in, in the strict sense of intentional harm. But he called himself in, and they still wouldn't acknowledge that, they, that he did that. He called himself in. He reported where he was. Well, they come and get me, please. And they had all the alarms going out yesterday, you know, all the, 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 the uh, zaps on your phone. So they, want, they really were hunting. So they want, they want to hunt him down and find him. So it must have been terrible letdown to have him call up and say, here's where I am. They wanted to be able to present to the public yes. credentials that they hoped they would farm yes. in order to sustain a future candidacy. That's what right. they wanted to do. They didn't care really what their job was, and the job was to preserve life, including uh, Frank James's life. Right. That's the professional service that they should have uh, supplied yesterday. Thanks a lot right. for calling in, Gwen. Thank you. Thank you. Ed from yep. Queens, you're on the air. Ed? Oh, okay, Rose from New York, you're on the air. Oh, hi, you trees. Well, Hello. I'm not going to cut him any. Hi, I'm not going to cut him. Hello? Yes, I'm listening. Yeah, I'm not cutting him any slack for the fact that he did not kill anybody. 
To me, that was a terrorist attack. He posted political stuff online, and he acted on them. He posted, Jesus, kill Whitey for me. Had he posted, Allah, kill Americans for me, my TV screen would be flashing, terrorist attack, terrorist attack, terrorist attack. Now, the fact that he's mentally ill, yeah, everybody's mentally ill in this country, except if you're Muslim. How do you um, know? You, are ju- you, just, you, you just pronounced it as if you know for sure he's mentally ill. How do you know? Well, uh, okay, I'll put that in quotes. Quote, this is what I'm saying. No, don't put it in quotes because when you put it in quotes, you mean it, but you don't have to say it. Uh Everybody's crazy, except if you're Muslim. Then you're just pure evil. Oh, no, no, no. Rose, you're on a whole different tangent, and you're not making sense. Think about what it is you're saying. Think about what it is you're saying. But there's such a thing as American supremacy. Americans look after their own. Okay, I've had enough of you, Rose, for today. I've had enough of Rose for the day. Please cut her off, and let's move on as we wrap up the program today. This is the point that people missed because no one, It was in the interest of everyone not to raise it, including the police commissioner, including the mayor, including all the people who came before the podium in their nice suits and ties. They're still having contempt for the public that people won't won't be smart enough to know there is a whole bunch of stuff that is supposed to be known, but they wouldn't say. They were more interested in having their own private Academy Awards show, and that's what they did. And that's why we have to be on them now and call them out. And uh, to quote the mayor, get him. We'll see each other tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening today.